This is The Trekking Report, produced by Trekking Topics Today. I am your host, Tony Vallejo. The Trekking Report is uploaded weekly to your favorite podcast channel or on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash trekking topics today and provides current headlines and news as well as stories you may not have heard related to the trekking industry. Please consider supporting the channel by subscribing. And if you are on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Let's begin today's show. Headline, FMCSA denies CVSA's personal conveyance petition. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has denied a petition regarding personal conveyance from the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, saying the proposal didn't provide a sufficient safety basis to initiate a rulemaking. After FMCSA announced its hours of service changes in May, CVSA petitioned the agency to update the definition of personal conveyance and to include a mileage limit. In a September 18th letter, FMCSA told CVSA that its petition was being denied. Without proper research, the agency said that any mileage limits would be arbitrary. CVSA's petition called into question the FMCSA's regulatory guidance concerning driver's use of a commercial motor vehicle for personal conveyance, saying it does not provide sufficient precision for enforcement officials for motor carriers. In addition, CVSA said a driver could drive hundreds of miles over the course of several hours, all designed as personal conveyance. While we acknowledge the CVSA's concerns, we do not believe there is a sufficient safety basis for initiating a rulemaking, FMCSA wrote. The agency is unable to estimate the extent to which drivers may be circumventing the hours of service requirements by claiming personal conveyance status or to the extent to which drivers' violations result in safety-critical events. FMCSA said it believes its 2018 regulatory guidance is appropriate considering the available data. A rulemaking would propose certain time or distance limits on the use of personal conveyance status without data to determine its economic impact, the agency wrote. The rulemaking would essentially propose arbitrary limits without any evidence of safety-critical events to be avoided. Irrespective of the limits to be considered, FMCSA would have no basis for estimating how many drivers per year would be affected by the changes or for developing a quantitative estimate of improvements in motor carrier safety. In late August, FMCSA also denied petitions for reconsideration from CVSA, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, and several safety groups that asked the agency to not move forward with its hours of service changes. The changes went into effect on September 29. The Teamsters, Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety, Citizens for Reliable and Safe Highways, and Parents Against Tired Truckers filed a petition for review of FMCSA's final rule on Wednesday, September 16th in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. According to court documents, the petitioners have until October 23rd to submit a docketing statement and to file any motions in the case.
headline, NHTSA, No Change in Fatal Crash Stats for Large Trucks. Statistics from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration reveal no significant change in fatality crashes involving large trucks from 2018 to 2019. Actually, fatality crashes involving at least one truck went from 5,006 in 2018 to 5,005 in 2019. Large trucks include commercial and non-commercial trucks with a gross vehicle weight rating more than 10,000 pounds. Overall, traffic deaths increased by 2%. There were 36,835 traffic deaths reported in 2018 compared to 36,096 in 2019. The fatality rate for 2019 was 1.1 fatalities per 1 million vehicle miles traveled. NHTSA said that was the lowest rate since 2014 and down from the 1.14 rate in 2018. NHTSA also released preliminary fatality estimates for the first half of 2020. The preliminary stats indicate that 8,870 people died in motor vehicle traffic crashes in the second quarter of 2020, which was 3.3% decrease compared to the second quarter of 2019. Of course, it should be noted that the second quarter was during the height of the COVID-19 public health emergency when stay-at-home orders were in effect all over the nation. The total traffic volume decreased by more than 16% during the first six months of 2020. The study suggests that during the height of the national public health emergency, driving patterns and behaviors changed significantly. According to NHTSA, drivers engaged in more risky behavior, including speeding, failing to wear seatbelts, and driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Average speeds increased during the second quarter, and extreme speeding became more common, the data showed. Road safety is always our top priority, and while we are encouraged by today's reports showing a continued decline in total fatalities in 2019 and into the first half of 2020, we are concerned by the trend in April showing an increased fatality rate, said James Owens, NHTSA's deputy administrator. Now more than ever, we should be watching ourselves for safe driving practices and encouraging others to do the same. It's irresponsible and illegal to drive under the influence of drugs or alcohol, taking risks not only with one's own life, but with the lives of others. NHTSA said the number of drivers testing positive for opioids nearly doubles after mid-March, while drivers testing positive for marijuana increased by about 50%. Headline, Truckers will be stopped to hear about dangerous Colorado Pass. If your driving takes you on US 160 and through Wolf Creek Pass in the San Juan Mountains, don't be surprised if you get stopped by nice folks from the Colorado State Patrol and the Colorado Department of Transportation. Even if you're doing nothing wrong, you may very well be stopped. Throughout this month, the Troopers and CDOT are stopping truckers to educate them on the difficulties and potential dangers of traversing the eight-mile-long descent. The stops at the summit of Wolf Creek Pass are intended to educate truckers about the dangers of Wolf Creek Pass, inform them of 
the locations of tight turns, and educate them about the importance of downshifting and maintaining a slow speed on the pass's west side. According to CDOT, there were 47 truck wrecks on Wolf Creek Pass between 2015 to 2019. Three drivers died in these crashes. CDOT has maintained an educational campaign called Beware the Wolf to arm truckers with what to expect and how to deal with this stretch of highway in the San Juan Mountains in southwest Colorado. CDOT says most of the crashes on Wolf Creek Pass occurred at the switchback curve near the Wolf Creek Scenic Lookout area as a result of drivers going too fast and often losing their brakes. According to the agency, truckers traversing Wolf Creek Pass should check their brakes before descending the pass, maintain a low speed in low gear, and use flashers to warn other vehicles of your speed. Do not ride the truck's brakes. This will cause overheating and possible loss of the brake system. Consider using the truck's jake brake to help control the speed of a heavy truck. However, the best practice is to remain in low gear to avoid overheating. And keep brakes cool by pulling into brake stations or onto the shoulder of the road if they can locate a safe spot. Headline, Roadrunner, real-time parking system seeks to keep truckers safer along I-10. Arizona transportation officials are collaborating with out-of-state officials to make sure long-haul truckers stay in tip-top shape. The Arizona Department of Transportation is building a truck parking availability system along with California, New Mexico, and Texas. The goal? Preventing long-haul drivers from putting themselves in dangerous situations when needing to stop for a rest along Interstate 10. Truck drivers along this corridor frequently have difficulty finding authorized parking, which can result in decisions to park in unauthorized or unsafe locations, such as along highway shoulders, or to continue driving beyond hours of service limits, project officials said. This will reduce the amount of time and fuel spent looking for parking. Officials say they will implement a technology that detects, monitors, and provides real-time truck parking availability using roadside dynamic message signs, smartphone and in-cab applications, and online via websites and traveler information sites. Once online, the system will track available truck parking at 37 public rest areas and 550 parking spaces throughout the four states, which make up the I-10 Corridor Coalition. It will be done in part with use of a $6.85 million grant awarded in April 2019 from the U.S. Department of Transportation's Advanced Transportation and Congestion Management Technologies Deployment. The I-10 Corridor Coalition have also agreed to match those federal funds, bringing the total project funding to $13.7 million. The project's launch is anticipated for 2023. This system will provide real-time truck parking information to assist truck drivers and dispatchers in making informed parking decisions and improve safety, mobility, operational, and environmental elements, ADOT said. Included in Arizona's officials' efforts is input from trucking industry advocates, such as the Arizona Trucking Association, to determine best practices and find features that will be beneficial for drivers. 
all the way down to the design of the sign, said Tony Bradley, the organization's president and CEO. He said the organization has been working for the past two years with ADOT to address truck parking issues and determine the system's most beneficial elements. One of the questions is how close to the facility do you notify people of truck parking spots? Obviously, as people are driving from point A to point B, they're trying to plan where they can take a rest, Bradley said. Really, it's what information will allow that driver to determine whether they should pull off at the next rest area or the next rest area. Some of it's just spacing of when the notification happens. In addition to those spatial notifications for drivers, the Corridor Coalition will determine the key information dispersed to truckers to ensure they have the best chance of obtaining a spot to rest. Another feature is determining whether or not to actually list the number of spaces available. Because obviously, that changes in real time, or if you simply do an almost full notification, versus two spots left, because there's a very real chance that a driver may see two spots left, and by the time they get to the facility, the two spots are full, Bradley said. Ahead of any final decisions, the coalition is asking for stakeholders' input through a survey running until October 30th. Interested members should visit i10connects.com forward slash participate. We are encouraged by the progress, said Bradley, about the project. We like the fact that it is a multi-state collaboration. It involves a heavily trafficked corridor, so we're looking at a holistic approach as opposed to a patchwork approach. You can contact us at news at truckingtopicstoday.com. All sources and articles in the show are referenced in the show notes below. Again, please consider supporting the channel by subscribing. And if on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Tony Vallejo. See you next week.